in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you Who shut is up, man? Listen. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And if you're just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news brought to you by your two funniest friends, which is us... Except it's actually three, three of, us. of us. I mean, I don't know. You guys, you guys, I'm not feeling funny today. So that's my low-key way of telling you guys that you got you to pull the weight today. <laughs> oh, or is it your low-key way of telling us that you don't think one of us is funny? Oh. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> yeah. not. Well, well, we were just talking about Thanksgiving some more, and I figured we should record it. I think all of our plans mm. are the same. Just hanging out and waiting around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that meme that you posted on the SUP this morning, people have to look at the Instagram account to ref- to see, mm-hmm. uh, is completely ca- encapsulating my Thanksgiving. That was I the know. most true-to-life meme I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I, I concur. Relatable content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Brian, are you still, because you were separated from your partner for a while, are you still quarantined or are you back? No. Good. Okay. We are together again. How was the uni- reunification with Betty? Oh, oh, wonderful, wonderful, great. She was very excited, and I think she—I could tell that I'm her favorite because of oh. the absence that she felt. And now she's like following me around. Brian, did Betty get really big? Like on her Instagram, she all of a sudden looks really tall. She has very long legs. It okay, is, she it, got it, tall, right? Yeah. So yeah. she is like, but like proportion-wise, she's still tiny. Like her, she's a tiny body, but long legs. But now she's fluffy too on top of it with the exception of amanda i think a lot of the betches dogs um have really long legs bruce has very long legs ashley's dog phoenix has very long legs they're all legs Um, (laughs) yeah all legs we need to start a betches pets hashtag or something so people can follow along on our journeys petches petches oh there we go yeah i mean you could just start just get it going and we'll you know i'll do it and yeah yeah. okay that's gonna be a holiday project when content slows down Okay, so from adorable pets to attempted coups, let's check in on Coup Watch 2020. So the Trump campaign is hoping third time's a charm in Georgia. It has requested a full recount. This means that the state's 5 million votes will be tabulated for a third time. Following the state's hand audit that it recently completed, Trump lost by just under 13,000 votes, or about 0.26 percentage points, and Georgia state law allows a losing candidate within 0.5 percentage points to ask for a recount, and Trump has, and this will cost the taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars, and the previous hand audit showed very little difference. Here's what I'm a bit confused about, because I thought Georgia certified their results, and yet they're still doing this recount. They did. So the results are certified, even as the president continues to make these false claims. I did some research into this this morning. I mean, 
the vote is certified. It only is supposed to take a couple of days and the electors aren't being cast for a while. So it seems like there's just no point right now with undoing the certification. This is just, all right, it's a whole new process. And if there are some crazy outcome, I suppose there's probably a process for uncertification. But for now, Georgia's governor, Brian, I should be Stacey Abrams Kemp, (laughs) was lawfully required to certify the election results on Friday, which he did just because it was lawful, which he said. He said uh, he has not acknowledged Biden's win, and he has publicly supported Trump's conspiratorial attempts to cast doubt on the results. As I said, the recount will take a few days, and this one will cost taxpayers $200,000. Third time. I mean, so this means Biden's going to win Georgia a fourth time. This is so pointless and damaging. The fact that they're doing this is so uh, like poisonous and toxic for the future of um, elections in Georgia and just generally the United States that it is so not okay what they're doing and they're doing it for nothing and no chance of winning. Like there is no chance this is going to work. There is no chance he's going to win. And the fact that they're doing this is... Like the consequences of this, they don't even seem to care. I guess why would they care when they know that their party is is dead? Because the only thing they have to pursue is minority rule. When you say but they, do you mean the people Republican. that are? Yeah, yeah. I mean the Republicans and Brian Kemp and all and Trump and I mean Trump now obviously owns the the Republican Party. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to cost taxpayers around $200,000 for the same result to happen again. And it's just, I just, you know, the amount of money, taxpayer money Trump has spent on personal, like, grievances and personal, like, fortune or whatever is insurmountable at this point. It's crazy how much Americans' money that he's wasting. It's true. He probably hears like 200,000 and he's like, well, I mean, what's that on addition to the tens of millions and who knows if we'll ever find out he's already squandered of of our money. I bet no one's even telling him. No, no. (laughs) Like, Like no one's even telling him like he's like... I don't even think he's he's that in the weeds on the specifics of like we're gonna do a recount in Georgia. Like no. he just gives them a directive like stall, delay, obfuscate in any way they can, and they figure out like okay, now we're just gonna demand another yeah. recount because that is technically an option because right. we can. Yeah. That is it is crazy how poisonous it will be because normally it's like our democracy functions because after elections end and the votes are counted, that's supposed to be it. You're not supposed to have four more chances to make it go your way. You're not supposed to really have, on rare occasions, one. You're not supposed to have four more chances. And it just opens the door for the future politicians. Like, well, Trump tried four times. I only tried two times. So I'm basically like hero to democracy. Well, what they're saying is that like the final vote count is actually not the end of the election. They're saying that, oh, there's actually the, you know, we can try to like do the recount and we can try and like try to mess with it there. We can try to get ballots thrown out in court because who like just because they they had no case this time doesn't mean future people candidates wouldn't have a, a better case in a closer election. So they're basically saying like, oh, after you lose by the numbers, you have like three other strategies whether it's the recount, whether it's the court system, whether it's trying to unseat the electors through the legislatures, like you could just try pursuing those avenues. So technically there's like the people's election and then there's the election by uh, 
I don't even know what you would call that. Process, like, process. Because process. It's, yeah. And it's even like, and it even goes as deep into being like, then the state legislatures and like they have the electors and then they want to like, then the electors cast their votes and then the electoral college. And it's just like, why are there all these steps between the person who getting, who got mm-hmm. the most votes and them actually winning the state? It's like, what it doesn't make any sense and it's it's it it also highlights the issues with the electoral college at the same time you know that's true and i mean i wonder i wonder i wonder if texas becomes when texas becomes blue and is a purple state or if republicans then do get more open to <laughs> abolishing the electoral college cuz how the fuck would they ever win another presidential election if tech if if, if democrats were winning texas california and new york you know well what if they can get like Georgia and Stacey Abram next wants to go to Mississippi, which has the highest percentage of black Americans in the United States. So mm-hmm. what if like they can just kind of via turnout and just registering these communities that haven't been registered? Like Texas is, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people to register in Texas, but like the Midwest has been like registered to death. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's no new voters there, but like if Stacey, if Stacey Abrams and other activists can figure out a strategy from the ground up, to win, to find these, to these voters, I, you know, I don't want to use the term find these voters cause they're just voters, mm-hmm. um, to register these voters and motivate you yeah. and motivate them. Then the electoral college won't help, still won't help Republicans. Although Florida, I feel like is quickly becoming the reddest. State. I know. <laughs> I know Florida one time swing state. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. 
Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So speaking of the attempts, ongoing attempts to undermine this, so Michigan and Pennsylvania will certify their election results today, big day. This came after a federal judge dismissed a Trump campaign lawsuit to block the state from certifying the election. The lawsuit alleged fraud with no evidence and attempted to invalidate millions of Pennsylvania votes. I've been trying to learn more about these cases so I can like differentiate for our listeners how they're different, but they all come down to the same thing, which they're alleging mass fraud with no evidence. In this case, Judge Matthew Braun of the U.S. District Court of the Middle District of Pennsylvania, who is a prominent Republican, had what I saw described everywhere as a scathing opinion. He wrote, it is not in the power of this court to violate the Constitution, adding that the campaign's claims cannot justify the disenfranchisement of a single voter, let alone all the voters of its sixth most populated state. Our people, laws, and institutions demand more. He went on basically to say, like, if you're going to make a crazy accusation like this, you better have the most evidence I've ever seen, and you have none. Right. Mm -hmm. He's also a member of this judge is the member of the Federalist Society, which is where... Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, all you know, they they basically recruit conservative judges to fill the court system. And he's from the Federalist Society as well. So I mean there's just it's there is no evidence because it didn't happen. So I know it's like they yeah. installed all of these judges over years, which are gonna be a toxic, terrible presence for like a generation, of course. They're not all heroes for doing this, but it's like the whole end game. It reminds me of a lot of these SCOTUS things where they have failed to get rid of DACA and they have failed to undermine the Affordable Care Act because of ineptitude, because they have no case anywhere they go. So it's like, yeah, they're stacking the courts with all of these people, but they think that's it. It's like, no, 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 you still have to do, you still have to do the work. You still have to do the thing itself. Right. Because they're Mm -hmm. good at working the refs and they're not good at governing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. They can't play the actual game at all. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. With that came a still rather quiet chorus of Republican voices, but maybe a handful more calling for this basically to all end. And that, I just mean three extra dudes, Chris Christie, Pennsylvania Senator Pat Toomey, who honestly, it was time, maybe after this Pennsylvania case, he was like, I guess it's over. And North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer. Again, it's been 16 days (laughs) since the election. I mean, also, like, it's so interesting. Chris Christie hasn't held, like, elected office for, like... (laughs) That's years true. at this point care? now and it's like he just like, he just like keeps popping up and saying stuff and i'm like okay chris christy <laughs> what a stupid name like what? <laughs> <Get> <laughs> like, corona. Said, like chris christy i know and he had corona he was very sick but like i don't know right that was his biggest public outing of 2020 is that he got corona yeah <laughs> bad corona from really Trump. bad corona <laughs> from trump during debate prep or from someone in the trump campaign during debate yeah, prep. absolutely Before we move on to talking a little bit more about the transition, I wanted to talk about another wild headline today. Kyle Rittenhouse, the teen accused in the fatal shooting of two people in August during protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin, was released from custody over the weekend after posting $2 million in bail. Where did a 17-year-old murderer come up with that? My pillow guy, Mike Lindell, the CEO of 
MyPillow Inc. helped raise the funds. Um, and conservative and Christian groups also donated funds to get the homicidal teen out of jail. So fucked up. And then also one of the Republican, I think a congressman from Florida re- tweeted, written house for Congress. I can't. I and mean, then also wait. some actor named Ricky Schroeder apparently helped. So, I don't know. No, I can see that name trending. And I was Me like, too. I don't know who this person is. I didn't even bother is. to Google yeah, it. I didn't either. Sorry, guys, if you love Ricky Schroeder and yeah. we're just really disappointed to hear this, but yeah. I don't even know who that is. But this cast of characters, the My Pillow guy. For the my my pillow guy is like the four seasons total landscaping of Rudy Giuliani's. I know, but he apparently is like a big GOP figure in Minnesota and might run for governor there someday. The my pillow but, guy. The, the my pillow guy. But Minnesota is like it's been a pretty firmly blue state for a while. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. wants him to be their governor. But it's just out of control that people struggle to raise bail to get out of jail for minor nonviolent crimes. And this is a murderer. It's a homicidal teenager. The reason mm-hmm. his bail, his bond was that high, the judge says, like, a, you're a flight risk if you think, he apparently, some of the evidence was that he called a friend and he said, I shot this guy. And he said repeatedly, like, oh my God, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in jail. And that apparently was enough to make him a flight risk because he kept saying, like, oh shit, this is bad. That's why it was that high. And still, I mean, it probably could have been 10 million and they would have sprung him. It's really gross. So I guess this marks the transition of the GOP from thoughts and prayers to actually (laughs) doing the mass shootings. We support you. Right, right. All they needed was like a white supremacist twist and they (laughs) revealed themselves. I know. I mean, if only this would be the thing that turned them against the bond and bail system. But no, they just had enough churches that were willing to tie their congregations to get this murderous teen out of prison. Jail, excuse me. Wow. Is that even like legal in the Bible? <laughs> How did, where did Jesus stand on mass shootings? Clearly these Christians don't care about the family of these victims. It's just so fucked up. They keep bringing up this murderer and they're shoving his face in their face. Yeah. And when, when they say things like Rittenhouse for Congress, it's like, that's not even farcical anymore. Like they have QAnon people in there. Of course, like they are all over this new kid, this new North Carolina rep who is being an actual monster troll and they can't get enough of him. It's going to be bleak. Okay. So where are we in the transition? You might've noticed over the weekend that Joe Biden appears to have begun crowdfunding his transition. I know I expected to stop getting some fundraising emails after election day or maybe in the days following, but nope, here we are. This is because the GSA's Emily Murphy is still holding up millions in taxpayer money to support Joe Biden's ability to build a government and hit the ground running on January 20th. Building a government costs money. That's why we have taxes. Usually it's the money that we've already paid the government that funds this transition. But The Biden campaign can't get its hand on that money, and it can't wait any longer to hire and onboard people. They also need office space. So to do this, they've started asking supporters for donations. So far, they've raised about $10 million. It's actually not totally rare for incoming presidents to use donations for the transition. It's just not normally necessary to this degree. Obama and Trump both did it, but they raised about like $5 million. And I know Obama did it also because they didn't want to take as much taxpayer money during what was like a terrible recession and nobody had Mm. a job. They wanted to like do it as bootstrapped and as fundraised with people that did have money as possible. But this is just a completely willing choice on behalf of the White House not to 
release those funds. And so Emily Murphy is appearing today before the House Oversight Committee in response to a letter demanding she explain why she is holding up these funds. I know I am very excited to see this, especially because Katie Porter will presumably have her whiteboard and will be demanding some answers. It's just very irresponsible. There could never be, there's never a good time to be doing this, but like obviously in the midst of the uh, peak of a global pandemic in this country where a person is basically dying every minute they're saying at this point, this is not good at all. The delay of this transition could result in a lot of more people dying than needed to. Yeah, 100%. I actually wonder if that's what Katie Porter might do with her whiteboard today. If she's going to calculate oh. like exactly how many people. I mean, like you said, a, a person a minute is dying. And the more overwhelmed these hospitals get. I mean, there's no... I started getting really overwhelmed over the weekend reading about what it's going to take to get this vaccine to people. And it's going to take a process that, I mean, it should be the government's main focus right now. Mm-hmm. And they're not even letting Biden start planning it. I know they're not letting him start planning it. And obviously this is horrible, all these things, but I, I don't I don't want people to worry yeah. when the Biden administration comes in because I do think that once they come in, I feel just, I know we're going to talk about um, some of his appointments, but so far I think all of his appointments have signaled that the number one thing he's prioritizing is like competent, competence and experience and people who just like are going to get the job done. Like they're not like highly politicized and they're just very, you know, trusted, experienced people. And I think that once he does get in, we're talking about a lot of people who really know how to navigate the system. It's not like a young, I don't mm-hmm. mean young uh, in age, but I mean, it's not like a, a green administration, um, hopefully not literally. But okay, so yeah, yeah, I think that once they get in, they will be able to make it happen as quickly as it's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I mean, we've said this a few times, but I mean, no better person than Biden. It's like Biden doesn't need the White House to connect him to Anthony Fauci. He probably knows how to get in touch with Anthony Fauci. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've spoken. I am sure they have spoken. Oh my God, I am sure they have spoken. I, I like to think about what that conversation was like. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure there's sort of a lo- an understanding about the logistics involved in anything just as a baseline. So it's not like Fauci has to be like, oh, well, this stage will take you three weeks and this stage will take you this long. And and they Biden has worked on like con- contagious diseases so far as we know in the H1N1 swine flu, which kept us all locked down for a year. <laughs> I um, never got a swine flu test. Right, no. right, exactly. So, so I actually know something about swine flu, but really? yeah, <laughs> one of the rare cases. But yeah, yeah, like I think there's just such like an, a baseline understanding of institutional knowledge that will speed everything up by a lot. And they talk about how they'll they'll talk about how, you know, they're going to reestablish themselves like the United States on a world stage. We're going to start like funding for the WHO again, like the World Health Organization, you know, rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. So it's true. Like a lot. Luckily, a lot of the things that Trump did, he did himself via executive power. And Biden Mm -hmm. will do the same thing, just kind of spend his time reversing those things in the beginning. And. Maybe I think that will include the coronavirus, you know, response. Yeah. So speaking of restoring the United States on the world stage, networks are reporting that Joe Biden has selected longtime foreign policy aide Anthony Blinken to serve as his secretary of state. 
Blinken has worked with Biden since 2002, first as an aide on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, then as a national security advisor to Biden when he was the vice president. And he later served as deputy secretary of state in the Obama administration. So basically the number two to this job. Reading about him, he kind of sounds like an unmemorable Homeland character, which is what I want. That brings me peace. Right. Just like a long resume, boring names, but like, yeah, legit ones. And all of it is like leading up to being the secretary of state. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Perfectly. So Uh it's like, great. You're ready. Yeah. Yeah. His name isn't the the same last name as Biden's, although it is a little close with the B and the E-N at the end. The Blinken it's like and Biden. That his name's like, of course, your first hire is Tony, and nobody. It's like mobbiest name, and I'm fine with it because yeah. it's not in the Trump administration. <laughs> also, the other world leaders know him. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like exactly. hey, Tony. Like, get to know me. Like, he's been there. Yeah, right. and they know him. They know Biden. I think that's huge. I mean, they don't have to be like, oh, this. We have to get the, get to know this new guy or gal. No, they can he hit the ground to get running. to know this oil executive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Rex, yeah. Rex Tillerson. I forgot about him. Yeah. CEO oh of ExxonMobil. Yeah. Fire, famously fired on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we have all of these like this like trauma from transitions because it's like oh my god. Of course nobody's gonna know how to do anything. They're brand new people that have been plucked no, out like, of like oh, this. No, they know what they're doing. They know more, I'm sure, than the Obama administration knew. And the Clinton yeah. administration. Absolutely. And it looks like Biden will bring in a lot of people he worked with closely in the Obama administration. Notable policy positions of Blinken's are that he's very into humanitarian intervention. This is the only thing he has clashed with with Biden a few times. Um, he's very into and support of using the U.S. military to protect human rights abroad in ways that could conflict with some progressives in the House, but like not I don't want to overstate that because it's a very, very safe choice. Um, agrees with Biden pretty much on everything. And he is the child of Holocaust survivors. Oh, wow. Love yeah. that for him. So obviously he is very I'll into humanitarian intervention. Yes. Apparently the biggest sort of clash he had with Biden was in response to when Syria used chemical weapons on their own people before the United States started using that. <laughs> um, he really wanted to have a, a stronger response to Syria's action than it seemed like the administration did at the time. So all about- Holocaust will do that to you. Exactly. Exactly. So looks like Biden selected a number of very long-time aides, people that know him, people that know the process, people that know these leaders. I read this as Biden's probably a really good boss. Do you guys think Joe Biden is a good boss? Yeah. I think he's probably a great boss. I saw that. Did you see that like letter that he wrote to his staff about like, don't skip your family stuff? I mean- yeah. Joe Biden, I think that it's pretty much like established that he's a good guy. And if yeah. someone's a good guy, they're probably a good boss. Like they're yeah. probably like not power hungry and want to like, you know, exploit their employees. <laughs> yeah, one would hope. I mean, like he just seems like an easygoing person. So I wonder if like if he even is like, because he seems like a good cop in most scenarios. So I assume I, if maybe he has like a bad cop, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe he needs he, So like he like is probably always just like the good guy. And then he has like a someone else do the bad cop shtick. Yeah, I can see that. I can see like Ron Klain being the bad cop. He, he mm-hmm. has that energy. Well, well, the thing is that also a lot of the people who he, he has, like you said, he's a lot of longtime aides, which is always a good sign. Like people yeah. who have like, it's like if you can keep a friend for a long time, exactly. like probably like, not that bad 
Um, Bless your friend sucks also. Yeah. But I think the people (laughs) who he's been friends with, whatever, for a long time also are very well respected. So like Ron Klain is very well regarded. He has like a long history with Joe Biden. So I'm like, okay, so like two decent guys together, probably a good, probably good generally. It is just really funny that like how far we've come where it's like two, two men a lot of scrutiny. We okay, they're two decent guys, but whenever it's just two men, it's like we gotta look really closely here. <laughs> right. It turns out two decent guys. I feel like Biden's probably the type of boss where he just hires good people and lets them do their mm-hmm. job. I mean, right. that's I think that's like also the best kind of that's the best kind of boss, you know. Make sure that as long as someone's doing their job and then they're just like, like be free. <laughs> right, right, right. It doesn't give me like Miranda Priestley vibes or Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein vibes. Yeah, and some of the other hires that will be announced later in the week, I think, seem to be signaling like to the sort of career State Department people, like, you can come back. It is safe for you. We will bring you back. We will reward you for speaking up when you did. Um, seeing a lot of potential firsts. We might have our first uh, woman Secretary of Defense. So hopefully some more exciting and chill announcements for the rest of the week. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.